Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. While I was in uh, Switzerland, I did read a lot about what was going on in this country, including the uh, terrible situation. Because it just breaks your heart about the family, the Muslim family in London, was mowed down by 23-year-old Nathaniel Veltman. Just read you a couple of lines from the Global News story. A little boy who was just nine years old when his parents, sister, and grandmother were brutally murdered in a violent, targeted attack against Muslims in London, Ontario, outlined the drastic changes to his life and the extreme loss that he suffered since June 6, 2021. A victim impact statement from the now 11-year-old was read into court by relative Arib Siddiqui, who was surrounded by other family members acting as support at the London courthouse on Friday, second day of sentencing proceedings for Nathaniel Veltman. The story was from yesterday. Veltman, 23, was found guilty in November of four counts of first-degree murder and one of attempted murder for driving his pickup truck into the Afsal family. Veltman told police hours at later that he decided he was, quote, going to commit a terrorist attack, end quote. Let me quote him again. Hope to inspire more young men, end quote. So the question that is, arises here is, well, you, you decide. But my question is, what is going on in our, in our society? I, on Twitter earlier today, and I read it, the tweet, I can't reach it, it's out of my reach right now. But I, uh, I, 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 I did post a tweet, and I didn't expect it to get the kind of response it's gotten. And the question, actually, here it is. I found it on the screen. Truthfully, did you ever imagine the Jew hatred today exhibited so openly existed in Canada? And here we have a 23-year-old, this Nathaniel Veltman, who wanted to inspire, that was his word, more young men to commit terrorist acts. Little boy, in a statement, said he was left with a broken leg and collarbone, will eventually have to get a metal plate taken out of his leg and have to relearn to walk. He talked about things that matter to a little kid, a little boy. He's had to leave the family home, had to live... Uh, uh, away from the family home, he'll never again get to enjoy any of the wonderful food his mother would cook, nor get to enjoy his father's butter chicken, his sister's pasta, or his grandmother's potato wedges. Talked about how much he misses his family and his sibling. It's, it's heartbreaking. So we're going to talk about that right now with our uh, good friend Ari Goldkind, who contributes to this program. As a, as a criminal lawyer and has his own uh, podcast. And we're going to talk to Ari in this half hour as well about the document dump 
about uh, Jeffrey Epstein, which was really a major disappointment because, look, since Epstein committed suicide, maybe it was assisted suicide, I'm not sure, but since he died, there's been a lot of time to create diversions. There's some extremely powerful people who are named in this in this document dump, but, you know, it's like, oh, no, wasn't involved, no, didn't do this, wasn't on the island, didn't do it. They've had a lot of time to build buffers. Ari, how are you? Well, Roy, before we get to Veltman and Epstein, first of all, I hope you feel better. I'm glad that it's laryngitis and not the dreaded C word, because uh, uh, so many people have it right now. It's crazy, and everybody thinks it's a cold. It's not a cold. But I'm glad you're having the other guests, and I do want to take 30 seconds to say I'm glad you're having those other guests to talk about unaffordability. I spent all day yesterday dealing with the renewal of my mortgage. As you know, Roy, I do very well. My mortgage is going up about 30 to 40 percent at the end of January. And I cannot imagine if I do well, how hard the next year or two are going to be for people who don't do that well. Um, You know, modest incomes coming to these interest rates, uh, mortgage things. And I don't think it's talked about nearly enough. So I'm glad you are talking about the very precarious nature Canadians are in, not just on carbon taxes and groceries, but I think people's homes are going to become even more precarious, and you're one of the few devoting time to it. So just listening to your intro to me, I had to butt in none of my business and say I'm glad you're having those people on as well. Thank you, Ari. So talk to us about the development case, your perspective. So here's the thing with Veltman, okay? Now, I'm going to go off on an Ari, and I know everybody knows I'm a criminal defense lawyer, and let's be clear, just like saying in Seinfeld, not that there's anything wrong with that, I would defend Veltman to the best of my ability if I was his lawyer. But let's now keep this real. There is something disgusting going on in Canada, okay? We are in the middle of the greatest amount of Jew hate this country has ever seen openly and brazenly. In 1940s and the 30s, when the Canadian government would not let Jews in, it was done quietly. It wasn't done openly. It wasn't done on overpasses at Avenue and 401 where the police stand with their you-know-whats in their hand or bringing Tim Hortons to the anti-Jew, let's stop calling them pro-Palestinian demonstrators, to the anti-Jews. Now, why do I say that? Because most normal people think that's abhorrent. What's going on in Veltman? Yesterday, as you referenced in your introduction, Roy, there were two days of the most sad, anguished, angry, justifiably angry, 70 victim impact statements. I didn't say seven, Roy. I said 70. All bearing their hearts. And let me explain to your audience why this matters, and it should matter to them. 70 victims, adjacent friends, family, loved ones, are basically losing their you-know-what, word starts with S, ends with T in court, crying their eyes out about their lovely family and their lovely friends and loved ones, wiped off the earth, simply because they were dressed in a certain religion by an absolute piece of garbage monster. But here's the part that most of your audience doesn't know, Roy, and why I think this is a national disgrace. In 2014, the Stephen Harper government said, look, if you're a Bruce MacArthur, an Alec Manassian, a Paul Bernardo, a mass murderer, every life you take can, not must, Roy, can matter to a judge. A judge can now say, as of the Harper government's change 10 years ago, or just over that, we're going to allow a judge that if you take two or three lives, every life 
for parole ineligibility can be stacked one on top of the other. And in simple English, that means that it can be life with no chance of parole if you take two lives for 50 years or three lives for 75 years. And that law was in good stand for eight, nine years. Judges liked it. The public liked it. Nobody had any issue with it. Then in the mosque shooting named Bissonette, the Supreme Court, Roy, and I, just because I want to be tight on time here, but this to me is the national disgrace. The Supreme Court, in their infinite wisdom, nine nothing, because they're much smarter than me, Roy, right? Like, I'm just a lowly defense lawyer, political commentator. They came nine nothing. I doubt any of them has ever had a loved one run over by a madman on a street because their loved one was wearing an I love Jesus or, you know, some other kind of shirt or I vote for Polly Ever or whatever. They voted to say, nope, we're striking that down. Every life doesn't matter. Why? Because it would be cruel and unusual punishment. Their term, Roy, not mine. Cruel and unusual punishment to prevent a piece of human garbage like Veltman or Bissonette or MacArthur or Manassian or Bernardo or Picton to not at least be able to try for parole after 25 years. And I can tell you, Roy, when I discuss this with ordinary average Canadians, because I do, they find this unbelievably surprising, shocking, and appalling. And as much as you're supposed to pretend the Supreme Court are the gods of gods and the gods of godliness and descended from the mountain, the idea that that family and friends spent two days in a courtroom yesterday and the day before, bearing their heart out, when not a single word they said will make any difference to the sentence, I find absolutely jaw-dropping. Yeah. Uh, absolutely agree. Uh, as you know, I've spent 30 years of my broadcast career getting to know the criminal justice system, and that was one of the most abhorrent decisions that I could think of a Supreme Court making, and particularly already since it was unanimous. That was additionally, additionally so disturbing. Just one more thing about the uh, Afsal family. I hope this country wraps its arms collectively around that little boy. I hope we do. And for the rest of his life. Ari Goldkind, criminal lawyer in Toronto, uh, public. Um, you do shape opinions. You do. And you're a very thoughtful guy. So I'd like to have you on the program. Uh, Ari Goldkind uh, is, is my guest, and let's talk about this Epstein list. 170 names. People who knew, hung with him, not hanged with him, hung with him, uh, or worked for him. Much ado about very little. And there were great pains taken, Ari, to state this person, that well-known man, not named as a sexual predator assaulting teen girls procured by Epstein. They had a lot of time since Epstein's death to create protective firewalls, except for Prince Andrew, who hopefully will get what's coming to him. What's your take? So my take is a little bit of a different nuanced one, uh, Roy, which is this is all a big nothing burger, this big list and all of that that was, you know, everybody thought they're going to get, like, the list, whether it's, like, the Seinfeld list, again, a Seinfeld reference, if people know that Kramer episode, like, the naughty list. My, my take is different. First of all, there's been a lot of names smeared here that should never have been smeared. For example, President Clinton. 
I never understood why this guy had to take that sort of flack that he's even remotely involved because like most rich oligarchs from the Christopher Freelands on down, they fly private. Look, I'm jealous of flying private, but he never did anything to deserve to deserve being named in this. And why do I tell you that, Roy? If you look at the tranche of documents, three or four, uh, as you call them, data dumps now, Clinton again comes out completely clean on this. And I said from the time I first learned about Jeffrey Epstein, this is years ago, probably on Netflix or, you know, whatever media I consumed years ago, is that this is the former president of the United States. He goes everywhere with the Secret Service. Nobody seems to be able to add two plus two together that if he goes anywhere, he's got Secret Service agents with him. So he's being tarred and feathered. And remember, Roy, why do I tell you this is part of my answer? All of what you and I are talking about right now, most listeners don't realize this, is a data dump out of a defamation lawsuit between Prince Andrew's alleged victim, Virginia Joffrey, uh, another name Robert, versus Ghislaine Maxwell. This is not out of criminal cases. This is not out of indictments. This is not out of grand juries. This is out of defamation lawsuits. And all of these other people, from Bill Richardson to Bill Clinton to you name them, in my view, they've all been defamed. None of them have faced charges. The question I think is the more interesting one, Roy, and the one that I don't think gets asked enough is a two-parter. One, how did Epstein really die? If anybody's really satisfied with the answer that on the night this man is on suicide watch with people supposed to watch his cell, never turn a blind eye, I'm not going to get into it because you sound conspiratorial, or one does, that's a question that's never been answered satisfactorily. And two, do I think there really is a list out there? I actually do. And do you know who I think possesses the most knowledge of that list? Ghislaine Maxwell. And Ghislaine Maxwell is doing 20 years. I mean, you can shoot up a shopping center and you're not going to get 20 years in the United States. I mean, we don't have enough time to talk about her sentence. Yeah, we have less than a minute, Ari. Right. So the point of it is, maybe her sentence is right. But if she couldn't use her knowledge of Epstein or her list or her black book to get some consideration for her, to get her sentence down, to get her charges dropped, I have a feeling that the list of the really bad men will forever be protected and will never be having a discussion, Roy, about who the real evildoers are. And that, to me, is a big shame given the age of these girls, some of them as young as 14. Okay, yes or no, do you, do you believe he committed suicide? Uh, I, I'm undecided. I need more evidence. I guess that's because I'm a lawyer and I don't, don't just dump the conclusion. Okay. I'm suspicious, and that's where I'll leave my answer. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.